0: Hello everyone and thank you for listening. My name is Justin Ugis, completing a PhD at the University of Melbourne. This is the sixth episode in my series on urban climatology. Here we will take a look at urban green space. One trend in urban areas is the effort to try to increase the amount of trees or other green space in urban areas. Why is this important? There are many advantages not just climatological to urban green space. Perhaps chief among them are psychological benefits that green space brings. Numerous studies have shown that urban green space aids in improving the psychological health of populations. Another area is house valuations. Suburbs that have more green space have higher median house prices. But I will not focus on these benefits here but rather focus on the climatological benefits. The most prominent feature of urban green space are trees. These have the advantage of providing shade, reducing mean radiant temperature. That is the temperature we feel when standing out in the sun on a sunny day. This is almost always warmer than the air temperature. Obviously, that is the first benefit. In addition, as the sun is blocked, It is also blocked from the ground below so the ground is not as warm and therefore not able to warm the air as much from long wave up. The next major benefit is more complicated. It has to do with the way trees use water, particularly when there is abundant water in the landscape. I mean in the soil. But even when there is only some water in the soil, the trees will take up the water in its roots. This water works its way up the tree trunk, into the branches, and out to the leaves, where it is released as water vapour through these tiny holes in the leaves called stomata. These stomata are in the size range of leaf cells. Stomata are vitally important, as they are where photosynthesis happens. To remind you, Photosynthesis is the process of a tree taking in carbon dioxide, combining with sunlight to produce glucose or sugar as energy for the plant to grow, with the waste product of oxygen being released. Water vapour is also released from the stomata. This water vapour helps to increase the humidity of the air, causing more solar energy to be partitioned into latent heat energy thereby assisting in localised cooling. It is important to note this cooling, called cooling by evapotranspiration, is only a very localised phenomena, acting within the immediate vicinity of the tree in question. Even then, a magnitude of only 1-2 to degrees Celsius of cooling may be expected. What I have described is the case for a single tree, In reality, the green space in an urban area is a lot more complex, right? So, let's embark on a challenge and make things real. Let's imagine two trees. Same effect, but stretched out over at least twice the same area, depending on the wind strength. A clump of trees, perhaps? In this case, the cooling effect is still only in the proximity of the trees, not extending too far beyond. Perhaps if the wind is strong enough, the cooling effect may extend a few tens of metres. However, the cooling effect may have a larger magnitude. But this is still not reality. The full reality of urban areas is they have urban parks and gardens with grass and plants of different shapes and sizes. In fact, It is unfortunately the case that true reality is too complex to fully understand, but we can have a pretty good understanding for the majority of circumstances. Let's then consider the situation of a clump of trees in an urban park with grass. The grass is important. But let's start with a single tree and grass underneath. The main difference is what happens on the ground. Let's assume that the ground surface is moist. We can do this because the ground, being covered in grass, is classed as pervious. That means it is porous with holes that can easily allow water to pass through, in or out of it. The key concept is, there is water available. As we learned before, with water availability some solar radiation in the form of latent or hidden energy is absorbed by the water molecules, meaning less energy short wave or long wave is available to heat the air. As a result, the local air becomes cooler. As a brief aside, you may be asking what if the ground is dry? In this case, we can assume the ground is impervious or non porous. This means no holes, but for our purposes, no water. So it is no different to dry concrete, or to a desert. Back to moist grass. If there is a clump of trees, the cooling effect is allowed to increase. This time, rather than just one or two degrees, it can be up to three or four degrees cooler, even up to six or seven degrees cooler in some cases. These larger numbers may be applicable if the park is in a situation of unlimited water availability or in other words irrigation or sprinklers are turned on. You may wonder about the importance of this. So let me explain. On a hot day that is just too darn hot and you are in a position where air conditioning is for some reason not available and you really need somewhere to cool down you would find a park area which should be cooler. But further than this, it turns out that humans have thresholds of tolerance for heat stress. With the double whammies of climate change and the urban heat island, cities may get warmer more quickly. Due to this, there is an emerging problem of illness and death associated with human heat stress, which occurs at certain temperature thresholds. These thresholds are unique for each city, as they depend on many different factors. But if a city is experiencing a heat wave that may be extreme enough to be above a given city's human heat heat stress threshold, then without a park, any given individual in a risk group may fall ill with heat stress when they are outside. However, if a local park is available, especially one with irrigation, that person can visit a park which may be cooler by four degrees, perhaps more. That four degrees may be just enough to bring that person below a heat stress threshold and allow them to recover with rest thereby avoiding serious illness and hospitalisation, reducing stress on the hospital system. Therefore, urban parks can be lifesavers. There is one further challenge to consider with urban green space. What if you live in a super-dense city where there is minimal space for parks? This is where we must be creative, and there is a lot of research going into this question now. Now we may have things like green walls, green roofs, and finding creative spaces to plant trees and plants. This may be saved for later. In fact, this will be the topic of our next podcast. So after listening to this podcast, if you can, take a walk and go and visit a park. Does it make you feel cooler? I'm sure it reduces your stress for that psychological benefit we briefly touched on. The park may not be irrigated, or may not have many trees, so it may not feel that much different. Then again, it may have just been watered, or still being watered, and even without trees may be noticeably cooler. You can probably even smell it. Even cooler if there are trees. Okay, that will do for now. Again, thank you for listening. This has been the Urban Climatology Series, Episode 6. I'm Justin Uges. Thanks, and bye.